In today's episode, we're going to talk about things that are happening in football programs across the country that are actually making you worse. They're making you slower, they're making you weaker, and they're probably making you more susceptible to an injury. So let's break this down in the course of an actual football practice. So football practice will start, a normal practice will have what's called a pre-practice period where there are specialists out there, maybe they call it a specialist period, and you'll have uh, punters and kickers out there, and you'll have punt returners and kickoff returners, and you'll have long snappers, and you'll have holders, they're just working on their specialist stuff before practice officially starts. But then when practice officially starts, most teams will get into, and I cannot believe it's still happening, they'll get into a static stretch. For those of you that don't know what it means to to do a static stretch, it means you are literally in a static position and you are stretching out your muscles. Imagine uh, the good old oldie school, legs are spread out wide and a guy is reaching down and he's touching the ground and he's holding it for a 10 count. Or uh, maybe even worse than that, he has his feet together and he rounds his lower back in some awful way, uh, putting his back in some major stress and he's trying to touch his toes. And then maybe sometimes the coach has him lay on the ground and pull his knees to his chest and the guy's basically falling asleep and doing nothing. But in these instances, when you are static stretching, you're actually not getting, you're not priming your muscles to contract in a super fast way during football practice. You're actually doing the exact opposite. Right, imagine you take uh, this rubber band that you want to shoot across a field, or maybe the bow of a bow and arrow. You want to shoot that, that arrow across the field with the bow. Now imagine you took that rubber band or that bow and you stretched it for a really long time and you took all the elasticity out of it. Now how is that thing that's supposed to be like your muscle going to snap and let you sprint? All right, Let you sprint across a field or get off the line of scrimmage as the ball is snapped. You really don't want that. The other bad part about stretching, let's just say that a coach does do a dynamic stretch, is that he could do a super long dynamic stretch. So instead of getting you, you know, a little bit energized and get you ready to move around on a football field, maybe he's wearing you out. And let me take one step back here. Uh, if you don't know what a dynamic stretch is, what that is, is that's, that's really mobilizing your body by, move, by doing movements, sub, sub-maximal movements. You're not doing a full-blown sprint the first second you get on the field. Maybe you're jogging around. Maybe you're doing some, uh, some butt kicks or some high knees. You're just loosening up the muscles. You're getting the central nervous system ready to go. But the coaches will do the wrong thing, and they'll extend this period out for like uh, 20 to 25 minutes, and now your, your guys are they're fatigued before practice even started, before really the football stuff even started. So, you know, for me, you are going to practice the way you start. If you start by laying down and static stretching, you're going to just be slow. If you have a half an hour dynamic stretch, uh, you're going to be slow again because, you know, you only have these kids on the field you only want to have these kids on the field for a certain amount of time. There's only so much time and attention that they're going to put into being a football player. They have schoolwork. They have social lives. They have uh, tests. And really, they don't need to be out there for three hours. And if they are there for three hours, 30 minutes of it shouldn't be dedicated to a dynamic stretch. The other bad part of a dynamic stretch, and, and if so again, it's better to do a dynamic stretch than a static stretch, but another thing you could do with a dynamic stretch is really work on incorrect running mechanics. So I talked about butt kicks and I talked about high knees, but that's really not how you want your your legs moving while you're running. You're really when you're running, you don't want to be bringing your knees to your chest or kicking your heels into your butt. 
These are things that you don't want to be reinforcing as right before you're about to go into legitimate running on a field and executing your football plays. So the way we do things is we will do we'll do a couple of quick jogs just to get the the, the heart pumping and the body moving. But then uh, after we do that, we get slightly loosened up, and I'd say maybe we do two reps of that, we will then begin to work on a series of 5 to 10-yard sprints. That, that's who we'll get into it. We'll, so we'll work on starting on movement. We'll work on starting on sound. We'll work on being reactionary, and we'll only do this for a total of 10 repetitions. We don't want to wear guys out right before practice started. We want to get in, get out. We want these guys hyped. We want to start fast, and we want to go fast right from being hyped. The second uh, thing after that is that most teams, after their dynamic stretch or whatever stretch period they have, hopefully it's a dynamic stretch, will go into an individual period. It's called an indie in most football, most football programs. And during this indie period, instead of working on football-related activities, they will work on more speed and agility condition, conditioning sessions and those type of activities. So really, you know, th to me, this is not the time to do that. Hopefully, you can integrate it into your dynamic stretch period, work on some form of speed and agility, and I like to call it stopping and starting. I'm not talking about running a, a three-cone drill. I'm talking about how do we stop fast, how do we start fast, how do we start fast, how do we stop fast. Put that into your dynamic stretch and do it quickly. And when you get into your indie period, instead of doing bags or cones or some crazy agility drill that will not make you any better at football, and I'll talk about that in another episode, you should be working on football-specific things with your position that you're in. So, for example, if I'm a linebacker coach and I'm running my indie period, what I should be working on with the linebackers during that period is how to read a pulling guard. What do I do when that guard pulls? What is my footwork like? If I'm an outside linebacker, where's, where's my hand placement on a tight end who's trying to drive block me out of the hole, or trying to reach block me? What do I do on a down block? How do I engage the, the pulling guard when he's trying to kick me out? These are the things you should be working on in Indy. You should not be working on uh, speed and agility during that time. And probably if you're working on it during the time when you do get to your football position-specific stuff, you're going to be worse at it because you're going to be fatigued and tired. Your mind's not going to be on it. The next thing I'll talk about is uh, it's not conditioning. This is during practice. A kid misbehaves, and the, the <laughs> you see a coach say, oh, go take a lap. To me, this is just um, it's not the right thing to do at all. That kid taking a lap, A, he's probably dogging the lap. B, he's probably running that lap with horrible form, and C, he is missing out on whatever coaching is going on at that period. There are better, there are other better ways to discipline your players. Making them take a lap is not one of them. Now, having, having said that, if we're talking about the end of practice, so you've gone through practice, you've got through, got through everything, the end of practice, most coaches will have a grueling conditioning period. And I remember as a player, I remember practicing just thinking about, ah, I, I don't want this practice to end because I'm going to have to go and run gassers. And we're going to have to run eight gassers. And maybe they'll give me a minute break in between these gassers. And you know what every player does when you have that? They dog practice. They leave a lot in the tank so that they have energy to run those gassers. And to be fair, they probably dog the gassers too. So now you have these kids not practicing hard, running at a slow plate pace during practice to save themselves for a conditioning period that won't make them faster. It's going to wear them out. It's going to wear their body down. And then they, when they do run it, they run it with poor form. So now they're breaking down their running mechanics again. 
So really, in our world, we get our conditioning by practicing fast. We'll try and get, you know, one to two reps in every minute. We try and minimize teaching on the field so we're constantly moving. We, if we're going to do teaching, we film it. We go back in the, the film room and we'll talk through it or we'll run back with a kid to the huddle. We'll get them right back on the line of scrimmage and we'll explain what they did wrong. But we're constantly moving on the field and we're trying to get those reps in. We get that metabolic endurance in by practicing fast. And we have our kids practicing fast because they don't have to worry about running sprints at the end of practice because uh, we're not doing it. So they're practicing every play 100 miles an hour. The last part of this, the practice is now over. Uh, hopefully you didn't do your conditioning drills. What I don't see most coaches doing is bringing the team up and performing a static stretch. I don't see them, this is, and this is the time where you want to do the static stretch, right after practice. Now look, there are arguments that, you know, you're not going to get the biggest impact by performing a static stretch right after practice. But really for us, it is about, yes, we want to get some blood flow back into our muscles. But really for me, it's about... Uh, getting the parasympathetic nervous system back in control. So we want to control that with breathing through our nose. We want to breathe through our nose and into our diaphragm. So really it's our nasal diaphragmatic breathing. And we, uh, we use this as a time to just basically calm our guys down so the healing process can start as soon as practice is over. We want the healing process to start as soon as practice is over. You know, you don't do this. If you don't begin that healing process, you're going to be sore the next day. Uh, you might feel super tight. And now it's going to trickle over into the performance that you're going to have the next day of practice. You know, the goal of football practice is to become better at football. It is not to be worn down. It is not to learn how to have a speed and agility camp, which you're probably not going to do right anyway. It's also not to break down the, the running form that you tried to work on all summer to become a, a faster slash better football player. So just a quick recap of the, the five wacky things that are happening at football practices now that are making you worse. One, a static stretch right before practice starts. Two, doing insane bag and agility drills during your indie periods when you should be working on individual skills for, to make you better at your position. Three, you, you, have, you need to be disciplined so your coach makes you run laps. Four, you have some insane conditioning period at the end of practice, which breaks down your running form, makes you slower, makes you worse, wears down your body. And then five, not having some sort of stretch period at the end of practice. Uh, if you're saying, well, what, what can I do? What can I do? I'm a player. What can I do to get around this? Well, look, if you got a coach, you're not going to... It's going to be very hard to tell your coach you're doing the wrong thing. What I would recommend is before that static stretch, get yourself a, a good dynamic stretch in before that static stretch happens so you begin to get yourself warmed up properly. And I would say if you're something else you can do, if your team does not stretch, as soon as the team walks off the field, you immediately get yourself into some good static stretches. Uh, stretch out your hamstring, stretch out your, your psoas, uh, you know, work on getting the glutes a little loosened up, you know, really get that blood flowing and then I would work on some box breathing right after practice to uh, get that parasympathetic nervous system back in check and to calm down. So with that, hopefully you got the right program. Hopefully your football coach is doing the right things. I doubt it. I don't see it that much. But uh, hopefully if you don't, then you can take those two steps that I said and give yourself a fighting chance to, to catch up. Thank you.